Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 400. Today is January 28th, 2023. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, some people asked me, hey, John, 400 episodes. What are you going to do special? Well, you know, I'm not that good of a marketer to think that far ahead. So while I don't have anything special planned for this episode, it's actually going to be an epic episode, if I do say so myself, because I've been thinking about an analogy that will help further explain the very simple process of building wealth through the principles that I talk about, which is earn, save, invest. Hey, speaking of being a horrible marketer, don't forget April 1st, Las Vegas, the first ever personal economic unconference And for now, I have no further details other than we're going to let this unfold as the market does to create the spontaneous hidden hand of the economy. I do know this, though. I've heard from all of my friends. They're all going to be there. My birthday is actually, oh, a week or two before the event. So we're going to get together. We're going to celebrate my birthday with all my friends. And again, while I don't have any details... I'm assuming the three of us will get together and have dinner somewhere, and hopefully they'll pick up the tab. Hey, but in any case, about today's episode. You know, this is the time of the year when people are making their New Year's resolutions. Actually, we're we're at the end of January, so this is probably the time of the year when everybody has already broken their New Year's resolutions. But you know, things like New Year's resolutions never work, just like diets never work. Just like, in my opinion, budgets never work. That's why you have heard me say in previous podcasts that I have never budgeted. I don't believe in budgeting. I think people that are always looking for the next app to help them save money or, you know, take the incremental two or three cents from their credit card purchase and put it into a savings account, I think those are all gimmicks. My wife and I have never budgeted in our lives. And you're saying, oh, John, that's because you have money. Now, John didn't have money 30 years ago when Mrs. Pugliano and I were building our family, which eventually consisted of six kids. We raised six kids on one income. That was my income. My wife worked, but she worked staying at home, taking care of the kids and things on the home front. She worked very hard. She just didn't get compensated for it. I was the only income earner. And back then, 30 years ago, I wasn't making anything like I make now. Well, how did we do it without budgeting? Well, that's kind of the analogy I'm going to give you today. And I'm going to talk about buckets and wells. And I've never heard it described exactly this way before. So listen along and see what you can glean from the little nuggets of information I'm going to give you here. And spoiler alert, there's nothing revolutionary in what I'm going to say. There's no deep secret of the billionaires, or hidden tax loopholes that are going to make you gobs of money. This is simply about earning, saving, and investing. And frankly, it's made me a multimillionaire just by using a very simple process. And that's also what I'm going to call parallel saving. And this kind of goes on with New Year's resolutions and diets. And, you know, incidentally, I talk about dieting. Listen, I'm not picking on anybody in terms of what they eat or what their physical circumference is. But let's be honest, diets don't work because 
How many skinny people do you know that are on diets? I mean, all the fat people I know that are on diets, they're still fat. Okay, just saying. Whenever we want to make real life changes, it's not about a program. It's not about jumping on the latest fad or the latest thought leader topic that someone talked about. It's about committing yourself to living a certain way forever. That's why the tagline of this podcast is a holistic lifestyle to build and preserve wealth. It's what wealthsteading is. It's like homesteading, but instead of farming your property, you're farming your assets. And it's got to be holistic. It's got to be all-encompassing, and it's a lifestyle. It's what you live. And that's opposed to all the fads and the gimmicks that people are always jumping into. I mean, think about social media. Whether you're looking at TikTok or Facebook or whatever platform it is, the majority of people are continuously jumping on whatever the merry-go-round is for that two or three or four week topic. And, you know, lately it's been chat GPT. You know, a week or so ago it was high egg prices. About 10 months ago, everybody was wet into bed about high gasoline prices. It's all very predictable as to what side left or right people come down on. But just like clockwork, every couple weeks, there's a new hysteria of bread and circuses that the vast majority of people follow. But that's not how you build wealth. And that's kind of what I want to get into when I talk about parallel savings. Parallel meaning you're doing multiple things in a row. And it's not exactly parallel because you're going to dedicate more savings to certain areas during different periods in your life. But I want to talk about parallel savings, meaning that you're saving for multiple things at one time. Again, the reason I bring this up is because people are always looking for that gimmick. And they hear a TED Talk, or they listen to a financial podcast, or somebody at work or one of their friends tells them about X, right? X is paying off your mortgage ahead of schedule or saving for your kid's education, or getting a side hustle, you know, whatever that gimmick topic of the time is. And people get all wrapped up in it. And again, they do it for two weeks, three weeks, maybe six weeks. And then they get burned out, they forget about it, and they go on to something else. And they never significantly build anything because they never stick with anything long enough to make it work. When it comes to earning, saving, and investing... On the saving side, you're going to be saving for lots of things at one time. When you're first starting out, you're going to be saving for your emergency fund. You're going to be saving for your retirement. You're going to be saving for your next vehicle. You're going to be saving either for a down payment on your house or saving in regards to paying down the principal on your mortgage. And you're going to be saving for the next vacation and for Christmas presents for the kids and you know, whatever your life expenses are, you're simultaneously going to be saving for all those things. Ah, I say you're going to be. I mean, if you want to be financially independent someday, that's what you're doing. You're saving for these events that you know are going to be taking place in the future. You know you're going to get old someday and need retirement income. So you save for that. You know that, you know, your kids are going to need shoes or you're going to get them piano lessons, or you're going to take a family vacation, or you're going to go to Costco next week and drop 500 bucks on groceries. 
you know those things are going to happen. So again, my wife and I, we had all these type of expenses when we were raising our kids. We never budgeted, I guess on paper anyways. I mean, we did it in our minds. And the concept was we just always spent significantly less than whatever we made. So if I had $10 in my pocket, I never spent more than $7 or $8. I always kept a couple dollars in reserve. Always. And I know that's a simple concept, but it works, in my opinion, a whole lot better than coming up with a spreadsheet where you're nickel and diming every little expense. And what you end up doing is you budget yourself to the poorhouse. Because like Mike Tyson says, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. And so, yeah, you have your little spreadsheet and everything's worked out and you've moved into the house that you can afford the mortgage on and you took out the car loan on the vehicle that you can afford and you put the family vacation that you can afford on your credit card and you did all these things based on your budget that you can afford, but then you get punched in the face. You lose your job. You get ill, can't work. Your business goes sour. You get a divorce. I don't know. Something in your life changes that you weren't planning on. And there's no way that you were able to have enough of an emergency fund, you know, to get yourself out of this. And so that budget that you constructed so perfectly of all the things that you can afford and you budgeted for, well, you can no longer afford them. You got punched in the face with economic reality and your budget is worthless. My way of thinking is rather than budgeting things and getting things that I can afford, my wife and I, back then and even today, we always only purchase things not with the intent of what we could afford, but with the intent of what did we really need? What was really functional? What was really important to us? And how could we conserve our money so that in the event of a real emergency coming up, we would be able to weather that storm. And more importantly, if an emergency didn't come up, we would be able to wisely and adequately invest that reserve money into something that would make even more money. And that's this concept of parallel savings and thinking about buckets and wells, right? A bucket is where you can store water and a well, like a bucket, you can store water in a well, but unlike a bucket, A well can actually be a source and a production of water, where the bucket can only contain and hold water. Well, when you're first starting out, you don't have a well, right? You just have a bunch of buckets. You got to fill up that bucket for the emergency fund. You got to fill up that bucket for your next car purchase. You got to fill up that bucket for either the down payment on your mortgage, or I would even consider the mortgage payment itself a bucket that you're filling up because ultimately by making your mortgage payment, you're paying down the principal. And if you're planning on a family vacation or presents for the kids or school supplies or participation in sporting events for your kids, you know, all these recreational and discretionary spending, those are all buckets that you know that you're going to have. And so you, in parallel, over time, are putting a little bit of money in each one of those buckets. And depending upon the circumstance, some buckets are going to get more money than others. You have to prioritize that. What you do is you parallel save. You take a little bit of every paycheck and you pay yourself. It's a concept from that cheesy book, The Richest Man in Babylon. 
but it's a good, solid, fundamental concept. You take that paycheck, and before you do anything else with it, you save in each one of those buckets. Yeah, you put a little bit here for Christmas. You put a little bit there for the family vacation. Put a little bit money in that bucket for your next car purchase. Uh, but then, you know, things happen. Maybe you do have an emergency and your emergency fund gets drained down. Well, temporarily, you got to stop putting money in one of those other less important buckets, one of the discretionary spending buckets, and start to refill up your emergency fund bucket. But if you're consistently putting away a little bit each time into each one of those buckets and you're diligent and disciplined about it, then eventually those buckets will get full. And the beauty of saving all your money in these buckets is, remember, money is fungible because the sum total of all those buckets is your net worth. A wise person will know that they have that money distributed throughout their buckets. They'll have the discipline to keep that money directed for the intended purpose, but at the same time, they'll also have the wisdom that if something comes up, they can draw down from one of those buckets and use it for another category. So if you do drain your emergency fund, you can always go and tap the fund that you're saving up for your vacation or for your next car purchase. Just manage your money wisely. Your money's fungible. Even the money that you have in your home you know, perhaps you can tap that with a home equity loan if you really needed it. Or the money in your retirement account? What most people don't know is that most money in your retirement account can be used to pay for education for your children. And I bring this up because, because people are often very confused about things like 529 plans, which I personally think are a horrible deal, because the money can only be used for that intended purpose of education. I encourage people to rather than opening up 529 plans for their kids, I encourage people to make sure that the husband and wife are maxing out whatever retirement opportunities they have before they ever put any money in a 529. So making sure you're maxing out your Roth and your spouse's Roth and making sure that you're getting all the match from your employer in your 401k and then maybe adding more money to the 401k to take advantage of that savings that's tax-sheltered. And I would do that before I'd ever put money in a 529 because you can always you know, go back to your Roth or your IRA and use that money penalty and tax-free provided that it's a legitimate education expense for your kids just like the 529 money would be. So think in terms of money as being fungible. You're saving in all these buckets, you're earmarking all the money, but you can still move it around. It's your money. You have sovereignty of your money. Remember, you're not only saving, but you're earning. And as you continue to improve your productivity and your earning capacity, whether you do that as an employee or as someone that's self-employed, you're increasing your earning capacity and potential and income, but you're moderating your spending. And when you do that, those buckets will eventually get full. And when you have a full bucket, then you start to dig the well. And remember, a well is like a bucket. It'll hold your water, but it takes effort and time to dig that well. And when you first get started, it won't be easy because you're not going to see the fruits of your labor. You're going to do what feels like wasting time and energy to dig the hole. And then you're going to take your nice, beautiful, clear water 
and you're going to dump it into that hole. And some of that water is going to get absorbed into the ground and it's going to get muddy. And it's going to look like you're wasting your hard-earned saved money. But you're not. You're digging a well that someday will be its own source of water. So it'll not only hold and contain the water you put in it, but it will fill up and create more water. And this well you're digging, that's the investing side. Investing in terms of not only your money, but also investing your time. And I'm agnostic about investing. You know, I personally am a huge believer in people starting their own businesses and investing in the stock market. That's how I've built my own personal wealth. But maybe you don't like investing in the stock market. Maybe you want to invest in real estate. Or maybe you don't want to own a business at all because, because you enjoy being an employee and you get a lot of fantastic benefits at your employer. That's fine. I don't care how you build wealth. I just want to encourage people to do it. So I'm agnostic as to what well you're digging. But you need to dig a well because you can't solely save your way to wealth. Again, it's that whole parallel thing. While you're saving, you have to continue to earn. And then when you're digging that well, you're investing. You're doing all these things at the same time. A little here, a little there. Don't get overwhelmed with any one aspect of it. Focus on the important things as they come up. Take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of you. Play the hand you're dealt. Pick whatever analogy you want or cliche. But that's what you want to do. Focus on the task at hand and do things in little steps or little bites so you're not overwhelmed. And if you do that, what you're going to find is as those buckets fill up and you are digging that well and it gets deeper and you keep adding more water to it, eventually that well is going to hit groundwater and it's going to start filling up with its own water source. You're not going to get rich quick overnight. You're not going to win the lottery. But you're digging that well deeper and deeper into groundwater. It's slowly saturating and picking up more groundwater at the same time that you're adding more water to it. And you'll continue to add more water to it because your buckets will eventually start to go away. What do I mean by that? Well, think about it. At some point, you'll pay off your mortgage. And that money that you would be paying for rent or would be paying for the mortgage is now going into your well. It's going into your investments to make even more money. And likewise, when you get a substantially deep well that's full of water and that's regenerating itself with new outside water that you're not even having to put in, then you don't need an emergency fund. You know, I don't have an emergency fund. If I have an emergency, I just go take some water out of my well. And that bucket for buying a car, taking a vacation. Again, I don't have any buckets for that. Yeah, I used to, years ago. But now, my well is deep enough and full enough that when I want to take a vacation or have some other discretionary expense, I just pull some water out of the well. But remember, I'm still continuing to have the discipline to save for that new car or to save for whatever discretionary expense that I want to have. But I don't put it in a bucket anymore. I put it into the well. And the advantage to that is, is that well is more productive. You know, when you have an emergency fund, you need to keep that in an FDIC insured bank account. If it's a pure emergency fund, 
I don't want to have it tied up in the stock market where I could lose, you know, 10, 20, 30%. And then when I go to use that money for emergency, it's not there. So if I have a pure emergency account, I want it in that safe place. But the problem is, is with that safety, it is degrading because of inflation. But when you get to the point where you no longer need that emergency fund because your well's so deep, then the money that you would be saving in the emergency fund is going into that well. And instead of earning some, you know, paltry little sum of money, you can be earning higher levels of income than it would if it was just sitting in a bank account somewhere. That's how the rich get richer. You know, Warren Buffett doesn't have an emergency fund. He's putting his money to work for himself. And you're saying, but you know, all that money in the well, it's at risk. Well, it is at risk. But life is a risk. You know, we're all going to die someday. Bad things are going to happen. You can't insure against every imaginable possible crisis. But you dig that well properly and deep enough and wisely. And if you constructed a good investment portfolio or you've constructed a good business plan, then you're going to weather most storms. Oh yeah, you'll have times when your well doesn't fill up like it did when the rainy season. There's going to be periods of droughts. Maybe your water level will go down 10, 20, 30%. But your well's deep enough that you'll not only be able to sustain yourself through that drought, you'll also be able to take advantage of the situation because everybody else around you is not going to have any water at all. All of their buckets are going to be empty. So you'll be able to use that water in your well to not only sustain yourself, but to figure out ways to increase it, you know, to reinvest it in things that are on sale. You know, back during the height of the pandemic hysteria in April of 2020, when everybody else was panicking, car dealerships were offering excellent deals on cars because no dealers wanted to have inventory on the lot. And they were making really good deals, especially if you paid in cash. So I, I looked at my well, and yeah, my well was down 20% from its high, but it was a deep well. And I drew some water out of that well, and I went down and I bought a new car to take advantage of the low prices. And likewise, later in the year, I moved some of that water around in my well, and I reconstructed my portfolio to reinvest in better opportunities that would eventually make more money and you know, fill up my well with more water. I wasn't panicked during a crisis. I was using the crisis as an opportunity. This process that I just described to you is what I've been doing over and over again, reiterating for over 38 years. Starting out with all those little individual buckets, learning how to earn and save and filling up those buckets and then digging the well. And that's how I've built my wealth. Slowly, wisely, and prudently. Always increasing my earnings more than I increase my spending. And really, that's how your well gets deep and gets full of water. Because, you know, 20 years ago, back then, I had many buckets to fill. You know, I had to take care of my large family. But you fast forward to today, where I not only make more money than I ever did 20 or 30 years ago, and I have this deep well that's full of cash reserves that I never had 20 or 30 years ago. And on top of all that, 
I don't have all those individual buckets anymore. I don't have to save up to put braces on the kids' teeth, dance lessons, or soccer practice, or all the big grocery bills that we used to have to pay. I don't have any of those buckets anymore. So all that money that used to go into those buckets, it just goes back into that well. That's how the well keeps getting so deep and is such a large reserve of wealth. It's that simple. It's that easy. But the vast majority of people, and I'm talking the vast majority, never achieve it because they don't have the discipline to earn, save, and invest in parallel in small little incremental amounts over long periods of time. 95% of the people are always jumping from one dream to another. It's just that 5% that become financially independent because they have the discipline to do it over time. It's just like listening to this podcast. If you've listened all the way through to the end till right now, then you're probably in that 5%. Because 95% of the people, they got bored by now. Because they want to know about the next investment where they can put their life savings of $1,000 and it's going to go to the moon. Or right now, they're looking for a source of iodine tablets because, you know, nuclear war in Ukraine is just around the corner. Or they don't have time to think about simple things like parallel savings because they're worried about bigger things like the evil stuff that's going on in Davos. But for me, I'm not going to worry about all that stuff. I'm just going to work on digging my well deeper. So until then, as always, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.